Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message. Our hope is that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. Today we are incredibly blessed to have not a guest, but really a friend of this house and a friend to Pastor Taylor and I. He comes all the way from Las Vegas. Pastor Jabin Chavez is in the building. And had the privilege, my wife and I have actually had the privilege of knowing him and his wife Shannon for over like 12 years. And how many know the older you get, the more appreciative you are for faithful friends? Come on. I need some faithful friends. Anybody can be a little TikTok friend for 20 seconds. I love faithful friends. People don't talk about that miracle of Jesus that in his 30s he had like 11 rotadies still. One hater, 11 rotadies. Anyway, I digress. He's an incredible friend. He pastors a phenomenal church, City Light Vegas. They launched this church four years ago, are seeing thousands come. They do five services every single Sunday. Now, come on. I ain't diminishing what God is doing here, but this is the Bible Belt. When you go to Las Vegas and there's a move of God, I'm telling you, it is phenomenal. He is a brilliant preacher. He is a funny, sound doctrine, and I am so thankful that he's here today. Social, I want you to put your hands together and make him feel welcome. Give it up for Pastor Javen Chavez. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Hey, everybody. Hey, before you're seated, can you give away like three or four hugs or at least a fist bump, something, but show some love, show some love all around. Meet somebody new. Beautiful. So good to see you. Hey, can we thank this worship team? Put your hands together for that unbelievable, beautiful ministry. I want to celebrate your pastors um, who are first and foremost just an absolute gift uh, and absolutely called to this city for such a time as this and to, to see what the Lord has done over the last year and to see um, how God is using Pastor Robert and Pastor Taylor is so amazing. Um, the Bible said that ministers are worthy of double honor. And I can honestly say uh, for all that Robert has done, not only for this city, but all he's done for the body of Christ, all the sermons us preachers have stolen. Come on, somebody. And we have given him no credit. All of the blessing they have been to our churches as they preached in our churches and built faith and helped our people. Uh, we love you. We celebrate you. And you are absolutely in the right place at the right time. I think we ought to stand and honor our pastors, Pastor Robert and Taylor Madhu. I love you. I love you. I'm crazy about you guys. I feel like you can do better than that. I feel like that was like a, that was like a golf clap. That was, love you. And hey, happy anniversary. One year, one year. This is unbelievable. 
So uh, you got to celebrate birthdays. You got to celebrate anniversaries with gifts. So um, on behalf of our church, City Light, and if you are ever in Vegas witnessing or whatever you do in Vegas, I'm not here to judge. Amen. But if you're ever in Vegas, come say hi to a city like Vegas. But, uh, but we, we wanted to celebrate this amazing ministry. So uh, today we're sowing $10,000 into social uh, because, hey, you, no, you don't even need to clap for me. No, 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 no. I'm selfish. I'm selfish. I know what seed does in good ground. And I just want to be a part of the miracle. So it's not really even that praiseworthy of me to do that. I'm just telling you, this is like the smartest thing to do, to be a part of something like this. So we're, we're going to sow, and we want to celebrate this amazing, amazing ministry. And um, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 12. While you're turning there, so good to see uh, Chandler and Hannah. And congratulations on the Grammy. Turn up. I gave Chandler a hug. I said, I don't think I've ever hugged a Grammy Award winner. This is special. I'm going to remember this. What a gift, Chandler. I want to just say, too, I was, I was watching them worship, and I thought about what has God done in worship in the last two years because of Maverick? The way we flow, the way we sing, the way, like God has changed the sound of the body of Christ in less than 24 months because these guys gathered in a house or I don't know where those videos started. All I know is we all started watching these YouTube worship sessions and we all cried our eyes out. And to see what, how it's transformed the body, what a gift, we owe you so much. And we're so grateful for your voice. It's a big deal. Wow. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to start crying, and that ain't happening right now because I already cried during worship. I ain't doing it again. Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, leave your relatives, leave your father's family, leave your in-laws and your family, leave everybody. Go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Everybody out loud say, through you. See, because what God wants to do in your life cannot end with you. God wants to do something in you. God wants to definitely do something for you, but it can't end there. It's got to go through you. We got to become vessels of what God is doing. So with that in mind, I want to preach from this subject, one life, one life. What could God do with one life? What could God do with your life if you really said yes? What could God do with this church if we really said yes? Father, I thank you for the moments we share. I pray, Holy Spirit, speak now. I thank you that you are you're so much bigger than me, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that you can take these next few moments and you can give every person in the room and every person online a tailor-made word just for them. That's what I'm praying for. I pray you hijack this sermon. I pray you go beyond my notes. 
I pray for phrases, sentences, verses, ideas that would speak to people and would change them forever. Speak, Lord. We're listening. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Amen and amen. Um, this September, I'll celebrate 20 years of full-time ministry. Uh, I'm grateful for that. I'm 38. I, I took my first job when I was 18. I was the church's worship leader and the church's janitor. Turn up. So I ministered in front of the people on Sundays and then Monday through Saturday, I, I cleaned their messes. Amen. And uh, it was awesome. And, and for the last 20 years, I've been in full-time ministry. And I, I have to tell you, I really love God. I really love Jesus. Anybody else? Is that good? Good. I want to make sure I'm in the right room. If you're like, I don't, this is going to get awkward. Okay. I really, I really love God. I really love Jesus. I love Jesus after now 24 years of serving him. And um, I love him for a lot of reasons and we could preach all those reasons, but I really love that he uses us. That's a big deal to me that, that he would be that kind and that gracious that he doesn't just save us, but Paul said to uh, Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 that God saves us and calls us with a holy calling. Think about that, that we don't just go to heaven, but we're called to bring heaven to earth. That God doesn't just do God's stuff and we watch, but rather he includes us in his story. Now, it, it, it is his story. It's not our story. But he invites us into it. He lets us be a part of it. And he saves us and he calls us in our weakness. He saves us and calls us in our insecurities. He, he calls us with our bad attitudes. He, he calls us with our bents and with our addictions and with our messes. He doesn't wait for our life to totally clean up and then call us. But the same way he saved you, he calls you and he invites you into what he is doing. This is so gracious of God that he doesn't just save us, but he gives us a purpose in life. I'm so grateful for this. First Corinthians chapter one says, remember dear brothers and sisters that few of you were wise in the world's eyes. Few of you were powerful and wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose those things and, and we are those things. The world considers foolish in order to shame those who are wise. And he chose those things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. This is, this is the amazing grace of God that he can take one life. He could take one voice. He could take one person and he, and we can make a difference in the world. And if you're sitting here, like, like many of you are thinking, well, I'm not good enough or I don't think I'm spiritual enough or I've made too many mistakes or I definitely know I don't pray enough or I don't know enough of the Bible. I just want you to know you are the perfect person that God wants to use because in case you were wondering, God doesn't use perfect people. He would if they existed, but they don't. So he uses us. And God does not call the qualified because there are none, so he qualifies the called. And if God has called you, no one can cancel you. And if God has called you, don't take another minute, don't wait another moment to step in to what God has for you. Let God use you right here and right now. And you're arguing with me right now going, but yeah, but I don't preach like Robert. Well, none of us do. 
but I don't know how to sing like them, but I don't, listen, it's not about the platform. This only functions if you function. This only works if we work together. The apostle Paul called it a partnership in Philippians chapter four. Not everybody's gonna preach, not everybody's gonna sing, but everybody can do something and everybody has a purpose and everybody has a destiny and everybody has a calling. So when God calls Moses in Exodus chapter three, Moses immediately responds with, Lord, not me, I can't talk. God goes, I know that. I'll let Aaron do the talking. What's in your hand? Use what you got. Well, I got a shepherd's staff. Use that. Take, take your natural gifts. Take your natural abilities. Take, your, take those things that come natural to you and use them for my glory. So whether you're a stay-at-home mom or whether you're a barista or whether you're a real estate agent or whether you're an artist or whether you're a CEO, it doesn't matter what you do. Use it for God. Place your gift into the hands of God and watch what God can do with your life. Christians are not called to watch the called. Christians are called. And we can all use our gift, all use our ability, all use our talents, all use what God has put in our hand for the glory of God. One life. One life. I want my life to make a difference. I want my life to make an impact into eternity. Y'all know there is an eternity, right? Y'all know that, that what happens here reverberates there? That what we do here is, is really important because of what it's gonna do there? I hate to disagree with one of my favorite artists and one of my favorite philosophers, but I'm sorry, Drake, YOLO isn't real. That's what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, he said, hey, if there is no resurrection of the dead, turn up, YOLO. <laughs> but he said, there is a resurrection of the dead. Therefore, I have to be careful how I live now because how I live now is going to affect there. So what I'm doing now, how I'm serving now, how I'm giving now, how I'm helping now, how I'm using my gifts now will not only affect eternity, but it's gonna affect my children. It's gonna affect my children's children. I'm not just looking for harvest now. I'm trying to sow seed now that will impact the future. Can I preach a little bit? Is that all right? Will y'all let me? Huh. So if I want my one life to make an impact, number one, I need one word. I need one word. Verse one said, the Lord spoke to Abram. The Lord spoke to Abram. Please don't pass this up. Please don't skip the importance that God meets with his people and when God meets with his people, he speaks to his people. You will never see God show up in scripture and not talk. Don't tell me you had an encounter with God if you didn't get a word. Because when God meets with his people, he speaks. It's wisdom, it's encouragement, it's, it's, it's sometimes a rebuke, it's, it's sometimes strategy, it's, it's many different things. Sometimes it's a word of healing, but every time God moves, every time God shows up, every time God encounters his people, he comes with a word. God speaks, and God spoke all through scripture, and God is still speaking today. God is a God who communicates. And notice who spoke, the Lord spoke. The Lord spoke. This is an incredible Hebrew word called Yahweh. 
I want you to understand that when God introduces himself to Abram, he introduces himself by name. I am Yahweh. Yahweh is God's most personal and most holy and most appropriate name. He is God, but he has a name and his name is Yahweh. So I'm a human, but my name is Jabin. God is God, but he has a name. That name is Yahweh. This means uncreated one, pre-existent one. God, capital G, above all gods. Lord, capital L, above all lords. King, above all kings. This is how God introduces himself to Abram, and this is how God introduces himself to you. I am the uncreated one. I am the pre-existent one. And I'm the God above all gods. Why is this important? Because Abram was a polytheist. That means that he had many gods. So if he needed rain, he prayed to the rain God. And if he needed, if he needed food, he prayed to the food God. And if, if, if Sarah couldn't get pregnant, he would pray to the baby God. And, and whatever the issue was, they had a different God for every issue. And now God appears to his people and says, you don't need all those little G gods anymore. Now you'll just have one God, and I'm going to be whatever you need in the moment. Abram, if you need rain, you come talk to me. You in a famine, you come talk to me. Your wife can't get pregnant, you come talk to me. Whatever you need, I am. That's why he is the I am that is I am. Because if you need healing, I am. If you need deliverance, I am. If you need instruction, I am. If you need wisdom, I am. God is saying you don't need all these other little G gods anymore. You have me now. So stop settling for little gods that make you feel safe but are doing nothing for you. And y'all are rolling your eyes because you're in America. And you go, I know there's only one God. No, no, no. We all settle for little gods. Gods. We settle for the God of approval. We settle for the God of insecurity. We settle for the God of jealousy. We settle for the God of racism. We settle for the God of greed. And we settle for the God of lust. And we settle for the God of sex. And it gives us something in the moment, but it is not changing us. It's actually killing us because the Bible said in Psalm 115 that if we worship dead gods, we will be dead. If we worship idols that have eyes but cannot see and ears that cannot hear and hearts that cannot understand and hands that cannot move and feet that cannot walk, those who worship dead gods are like those dead gods. But we don't worship a dead God. We don't worship a God that's in the grave. We worship Yahweh God, the ever-living God, the one who was and is and is to coming because he is alive. We are alive. I'm going to let y'all have 20 seconds to praise your living God. And when you worship a living God, Sarai, that dead womb will come back to life. And when you worship that living God, cancer has got to be healed. And when you worship that living God, families have to come back together. I don't serve a dead God. That's why I ain't dead. But if you feel dead spiritually, it's probably an issue of your worship. All right. I'm feeling a little bit better now. Here we go. God says, Abram, you just need me. 
Can I remind you that our God is not an idea, he's real. He's not a concept, he's alive. He's not a historical rumor, he's moving and active in this world. And he is not distant, he is right here. And he is right now, our God can be known. His voice can be heard and his presence can be felt. All you need is a word from God. I wish I could tell you I get a word from God every day. I don't, but I will tell you this. Every significant moment in my life has been met with a word. And God wants to talk to you. God wants to communicate to you. It might come through a preacher. It might come through a prophetic word. It might be the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. It might be a, a verse, but God will talk. If you listen, God will talk. He said it like this in Jeremiah 33, if you'll call unto me, I will answer. God says, if you talk, I'll talk. If you talk, I'll talk. If you knock, the door will be open. If you seek, you will find. If you ask, I will answer. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. You need one word, but that one word is gonna lead to one risk. One risk. Here was the word of the Lord. I wish it was like, Abram, I love you. I'm your heavenly father. Let's just hang out. That wasn't it. Abram, leave. Leave your mama. <laughs> leave your dad. Leave your in-law. Leave your country. Leave your family where we get familiar. Leave familiar. All right. I ain't telling you to walk away from your family. This isn't a cult, okay? We're not gonna make you drink Kool-Aid at the end and pledge your allegiance. But I will say this, whatever God leads you into is gonna be risky, it's gonna be scary. It's gonna require a step of faith. Mm. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But faith without works is dead. That means that if faith is gonna be active in your life, you're gonna have to move. You're, you're going you're gonna to have to risk. You're going to have to do something with, and we don't like risk. We like comfort. I, I do. We like comfort food. Can I get an amen, somebody? Pastor Robert took me to this beautiful dinner last night. I didn't go, do you have like a kale salad on the menu? No, we, I don't, we like comfort food. We like comfortable chairs. You'll look at your friend who's got a great pair of shoes on and go, are they comfortable? We care about comfort, but comfort and calling really don't go together. Comfort and conviction don't really go together. Comfort and truth really don't come together. It, we, we want, we want the, the comforts of the American culture, but the kingdom culture isn't really comfortable. And could I just tell you, if you're looking for a church to just be comfortable in, this might not be it, because this is a faith church. This is, a, this is an anointed church. This is a spirit-led church that it's gonna push you. But that's what we need. Because if we're not careful, we'll get so comfortable and we'll watch our whole life go by. Friend, you can have control or you can have faith, but you can't have both. And, and many are miserable in the room because you want control and faith at the same time. And God goes, they don't coexist. They can't live together. And so either you control your life and live small, 
or you step into faith and let me do what I want to do in your life. And by the way, here's what we found out from the last two years. We don't have control anyway. We just thought we did. So why don't you give up on that and actually begin to operate in faith. Put your life in God's hands and see what he can do. Friend, everything you want in your life, everything you want in your life, every good thing you want in your life is outside of your comfort zone. If it's good, it's gonna be uncomfortable. If it's good for your future, it's gonna cost you something. If it's good for your family, it's gonna cost you something. Everything that God has for you will not be found in comfort. It's gonna be, it's gonna happen in the leaving. It's gonna happen in the moving. It's gonna happen in the trusting. It's gonna happen in leaving familiar and entering into what God has for us. And see, now I've been doing this now ministry for 20 years and I've seen so many people, they love the Lord. Many are, I've even seen in ministry and they go back to their old life. And you know what? They don't go back to their old life because they're evil or sinners or awful people. I think they go back to their old life because it's just familiar. They don't, they don't like who they were, but at least they know it. They're not proud of what they would do on a Friday night, but at least they had something to do on a Friday night. They didn't love their old life, but at least they had some friends. They might have been fake friends, but at least they text back and at least they had someone to talk to. I don't like how I used to act when I would get angry, but at least I knew what to do when I was angry. I didn't like what I would do when I was tempted, but at least I knew how to give in to the temptation. I didn't, I didn't like who I was around that group of people, but at least I had a group of people. So we offer people a new life in Christ and we love that. Anybody want to receive Jesus? Yes! And it's awesome because it's new until it's new and it's not awesome. Because now I don't have friends on a Friday night and now I don't know what to do when I get mad driving in rush hour traffic and now I don't know how to act when I get tempted and now I don't know how to laugh at the joke at work and, and, and I used to have a crew and now I gotta walk into church alone because I don't know nobody yet and I didn't really like my small groups. I'm trying to find another one and, and, I, and I signed up for that ministry. Nobody called me back so here I am and it's like I'm walking in alone and I don't really like this but here I am, praise the Lord. Hey, how are you? People old and signs out there, ah! And you're like, yeah, praise God, I'm trying. Shout out to the sign people, praise the Lord. But it takes time and it's uncomfortable and it's new and, and I gotta worship alone now on a Sunday and, I, and I'm trying to learn this thing and, and I don't like where I was, but I knew it. And I love what God's doing in me, but it's so new. And it's lonely. And, and, and I'm trying to learn this new language and I'm trying to learn these new attitudes and I'm, and I'm trying to learn this new thing. And if you're not careful, you'll become like Israel who went to Moses and said, yo, Moses, uh, we, we miss the leeks and the onions of Egypt. Notice how they sugarcoated their past. Because they didn't talk about the slavery and the whipping and the rape and the abuse and the family separation and the humiliation and the forsake. They didn't talk about any of that. Because if you're not careful, you'll remember the spice of your old life. Because this new life is kind of bland. It's manna and quail. I don't know the last time on a Friday night you were going out to dinner with friends. You're like, I could really use some manna 
depth. I'm like, crackers and quail. And this new life can feel bland at first. But if you just won't quit, if you just won't quit, because see, in the promised land is milk and honey. In the promised land is vineyards. In the promised land is land that you didn't have to till and houses you didn't have to build and cities you didn't have to construct. But you gotta make it through the wilderness. And many of you are right there. You're in seed form right now. God has planted the seed of his word in your heart, but you haven't seen fruit yet. So you're discouraged and you listen to these pastors tell you how good it is to serve God. And it's a little easier for us on this side because we got the fruit. But what you don't know is we had to learn how to live in the dark. We had to learn how to live underground. We had to learn how to serve God when no one was watching. So we had a voice when everybody was watching. Don't you quit now. And the devil's trying to till up the soil and the devil's trying to discourage you and the devil's trying to steal the word of God from your heart. But in the name of Jesus. I cancel the assignment of hell over your life. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody shout. Give me a break. Come on. You got to take a risk. You got to leave familiar. It was more comfortable for Abram to stay where he was. It was more comfortable for David to stay with the sheep. It was more comfortable for Gideon to stay in the press. It was more comfortable for Elisha to tread his fields. It was more comfortable for Peter to stay on the boat. It was more comfortable for the apostles to stay in Jerusalem. It was more comfortable for Robert and Taylor to live a nice life where they traveled around and preached some sermons. But now they're building something, helping people on such a significant level. It's not as comfortable as it was But when you're called, you say yes. When you're called, you take a step. We were in the same boat. My wife and I, we lived in Newport Beach, California. What? And we just traveled around the world telling people about Jesus. I wrote three sermons a year. Praise God. Jamie, we need you to preach more than three times. I can't. Now I got to preach 52 weeks a year. I got to bury people. I got to marry people. I got to do hospital. But listen, when God calls you, take the risk. When God calls you, leave the familiar. When God calls you, leave your country. When God calls you, leave everything behind and follow God. Anybody grateful for your pastors that left everything to start this church? See, 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 the Holy Spirit is our comforter. But if you're comfortable, you already doing his job. So you want a move of God without movement. Come Holy Spirit, move Holy Spirit. I will when you move, but I comfort and I don't comfort the comfortable. But the moment you take a step of faith, the moment you risk, the moment you believe God, the moment you leave familiar, the spirit of God goes perfect now. I can comfort the uncomfortable. Come on, Abram. Come on, Sarai. Take a step. Take a step into the risk zone, the faith zone, the miracle zone where all things are possible. One risk. My life has been met 
by many risks. And every time I've said yes to God, I've been so grateful. And it was so, and I look back now and I laugh because it was so scary then. But now I'm, I'm further along. And now when people start talking to me about steps of faith, they're oh yeah, just, oh, yeah, do it. I do it with, I say it with a smile. And they're freaking out. Oh, no, no, God's got you. Because I got, I got so many risk memories. Because I called them a risk. But they were never a risk to God. Trust him. One word, one risk. Lastly, one move, one move. One move. Now, now notice this. Abram, leave. Same verse, and go. Because we don't hear it the first time. Just, just think about this for a moment. Abram, leave your country, leave your family, leave your in-law, leave everybody, and go. Okay, okay, bet, 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 Lord, I'm gonna do this. Go. Go to the land I'll show you and I'll make you a great nation. Go. Where? I'll show you. When? Later. <laughs> I've been there. That laugh was real. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I've been there. See, if God gave it to you, you wouldn't need faith. Now, clarity is awesome. Sometimes I have it. It's amazing. Most of the time I don't, and it requires faith. So God could have easily said, go to this place. But there would have been no faith in that. And it is in the going, watch, that God is making. If you will go, I will make you. I will make you great. But I only make movers great. So if you'll go, I'll make you great. If you don't go, I don't make you great. But greatness is found in the step of faith, not in clarity. So you have to step into the mystery, into the fog. You have to step into the unknown. Isn't that, isn't that amazing about Psalm 119? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. This is all you're getting? You're getting right here. But what do we want? We, we want this giant sunlight. And God goes, I'm gonna give you about, I'm gonna give you about that. But it's in this that I'm making. It's in this that your faith is growing. It is in this that I'm transforming you. It is in this that feels so scary because you can't see everything else, but you're gonna see exactly what I need you to see step by step, day by day, little by little. Now watch this. It is impossible to follow Jesus without movement. Can you think about this for a moment? He's moving. That's why we follow. We have many people who call themselves followers of Jesus, but they don't move. And in reality, they're not followers of Jesus. They're a watcher of a preacher. Not you, but the nine o'clock. Amen. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. See, because I'm in Vegas where we watch shows and we watch comedians and we, and we watch entertainers in Vegas. 
And the temptation in City Light Church is that people come to watch me, make me laugh, do a song and dance, make sure the music is perfect, and I need to be out in an hour. But that's not following God. That's watching me follow God. And if you're not careful, your pastors follow God so well that you think you're following God because you're watching them follow God. It's like when your team wins and you go, we won. And it's like, kinda. <laughs> sorta. So I gotta move. I'm not trying to step on your toes. Let me keep moving here. I, I, I have to move with God. So, so we end up doing this. We, we end up praying for a move of God, but he's moving. So we end up saying, God, move. And God's going, you move. We, we, we ask God to move, but in reality, we probably need to pray for the courage to obey. See, revival happens not when God changes his mind about a church. Revival happens when a church changes their mind about God. And when they say, I'm not just going to watch others follow God. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to go step by step with him. And here's what he says. Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Matthew chapter four, notice this. Old Testament Yahweh, follow me and I'll make you a great nation. New Testament Yahweh, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Old and New Testament alike, if we will follow, he will make. And many of us are trying to make something of our life. We're trying to force something. And God's going, why don't you just follow me and let me do all the heavy lifting? If you will follow, I will make. If you will go, I will make. If you will trust, I will make. If you will move, I will make. And it is in the following, it is in the moving, we have the team come up, that he is making. Now never forget this about God and I'll, I'll end with this little thought. When you follow Jesus, you never follow him horizontally, ever. You always follow Jesus vertically. Abram, if you'll follow me, I'll make you a great nation. If, if you follow me, I will bless you. If you follow me, I will pour resource through you. What, what God does in us, he takes us higher. When, when, God, when you follow God, he blesses you. When you follow God, he elevates you. When you follow God, he lifts you. Psalm 84, strength to strength. John 1, grace to grace. Romans 1, faith to faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, glory to glory. And he doesn't do it just for you, though he does bless us because he loves us. He blesses us so he can do something through us. So we don't take our light and hide it. We don't, we don't take the salt and not use it and then lose its savor. No, we use it for the glory of God. And God takes us higher. And, and here's the crazy thing about God because everything in God is a slow ascent. So you don't even know how he's taking you higher until you get put back in a situation and, and it's been six months and you get back in that and you go, man, I would have lost my mind and now I have peace. Because you went glory to glory, you didn't even know it. 
you, you're tempted by a certain situation and you want to give in and now you're like, no, I don't even, I've lost a taste for that. And you go, when did that happen? Who is this? You just went strength to strength. You didn't even know you were getting stronger. In the past, you would have never been able to forgive that person and you would have hated that person. And now you, you can show kindness. You didn't even know, but you went grace to grace. Your end offering's gonna come up at the end of this year. And in the past, you would have rolled your eyes. All they want is my money. All they want is my money. We say to say amen and you go. And now this year, you're like, why, why am I not mad? I Pastor Robert, I feel like I'm supposed to sow because you just went faith to faith. He does the changing. We do the following. One word that could change your life. One risk that could move you forward. One move that could change everything. Now I'm a pastor, so I can't, I can't end it like this. I got I to gotta give you something. What's something you could do? What, what, first and foremost, you can bring someone with you to Easter next week. Don't come alone next week. Drag them, lie to them, tell them you're going to Gillies for lying dancing. I don't know what happens in this place, but bring them, tell them it's a concert. Lying dancing, is that a thing anymore? I don't know. Like, uh, buy them brunch, buy them lunch, buy them. That's something you can do. Shine your light. What's, what's one risk? Maybe it's forgiving that person that you swore you would never forgive. Maybe it's time to it's time to start dealing with that. Maybe it's marriage counseling. Maybe it's finally time, sir, because your wife's been asking. I'm not a prophet. I've just been married for 16 years. Sir, maybe it's time to go. All right, babe, I'll, I'll, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And you're not ready, but you're going to do it because it's your risk. Maybe it's giving. Maybe it's time to give. If you're not tithing yet and this is home, Let's go. What are you waiting for? Tithing. What a novel concept. First 10%. It's your best. It's your first. Goes to the house of God. Oh, I know I'm preaching good when it gets this quiet. Can I just tell you 20 years of ministry, 24 years of serving God, the testimony of the tither, it's always the same. It's always the same. We are so blessed. We're so blessed. Not we're so rich. We're so blessed. Wow, God's been good to us. Wow, God's always made a way. God, it's more than money. There's something supernatural about it. Wow, we're so blessed. And the testimony of the person that doesn't die, it's always the same. I can't afford it. And I've met people who make 30,000 a year and I've met people who are multi, multi-millionaires. You go, I can't afford that. You crazy, I can't afford that. And I just wonder, especially for parents, what's your testimony gonna be to your kids? What's your testimony going to be? Most of, most of the kids in the church this young are probably still in kids' ministry. What happens when they start getting out of kids' ministry, coming in here with you? Pastor Taylor receives the offering. What's your, what's your testimony going to be? Is it going to be, baby, we're so blessed. We get to give. We get to help people. We get to see people come to Christ. We get to help the mission. Wow, we're so blessed. Or is it going to be, we can't afford this. Close your ears. Don't listen. You know, my parents didn't, have a lot of money. Our vacation was, we lived in Belen, New Mexico. Our vacation was we drove an hour north to Albuquerque and we did a one night 
at the courtyard inn and we swam all night and we thought we were millionaires. And we didn't go to Disney. You wanna know why? Because my dad tithed. And we didn't go to Hawaii. You know why? Because he put God first. And we didn't always, we didn't go to the Caribbean, but he put God first. And I saw every Sunday as my mom would write out that check and put it in. Can I tell you today, my parents aren't millionaires. My, my, my parents wouldn't know what a designer clothing brand is. My mom tries Instagram, Jesus, help us all. <laughs> all of their kids serve God. All of their grandkids serve God. They just had their first great grandchild dedicated in the house of God. I'm just telling you, this is bigger than money. I grew up thinking, we're so blessed. Piling up in our 15 passenger van to drive to Albuquerque for a night of swimming at the courtyard in. Take a risk, make a move. Let me, let me give you a move that a lot of you need to make right now. You need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Some of you, you've been running from God and it's time to turn around. Like that prodigal son in Luke 15, you're coming to your senses right now going, I'm done with this. I'm done with this life. I need, I need something new. Would you let me lead you right now in that moment? You're not too far gone. You haven't made too many mistakes. Right here, right now, you can give your life to Christ. Jesus said it like this. Anyone who comes to me, I would never turn them away. Never. Why don't we pray? Why don't we close our eyes and bow our heads in a, in a sacred space of prayer? You're here right now going, that's me, preacher. I need Jesus. That's me. I need to leave this old familiar life for something new. That's me. I've been far from God and I need to come back to God. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need to place my faith in Christ. Is that you? Pray with me. Pray with me now. If you're here right now and you would say, that's me, I need to give my life to Christ. Or that's me, I need to rededicate my life. Pray out loud right now. Everyone in the room is gonna pray, but it's gonna be so important that you pray. Everyone together say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So I give you my life and I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Still no one looking, no one moving right where you're sitting. If you would say, that's me, Javen, that's me. Today's my day. I'm giving my life to Christ or I'm rededicating my life to Christ. If that's you on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand high enough and long enough for me to see. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I do wanna have a moment with you right now. I wanna have a moment of acknowledgement. That's me I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm rededicating my life to Christ. On the count of three, I wanna celebrate your decision. Are you ready? One, two, three. Shoot your hand up quick, 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 quick. All over, all over, all over, all over all over here, all back there. I see you, I see you all in here, all in here, all back there. I see you all the way in the back row. I see you guys all the way on the windows over there. I see you all over this room. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Holy Spirit with their hand lifted, I pray right now you meet them 
strengthen them for this journey ahead as they follow you. Give them the grace that they need every day. And I cancel the assignment of discouragement and temptation that would try to pull them back to that old life. No, in Jesus' name, I declare, you will do everything God has called you to do because of this moment and because of this decision. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on, let's applaud the Lord one more time. Give him some praise. Amen. We would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family. Please head to our website, socialdallas.online, and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world.